This time I'm interviewing John Derbyshire, serial tech entrepreneur who moved on from big success in the corporate world to founding, running and then selling his own tech company about 10 years ago. Now for the last three years he has been working on his new exciting project and that is how we met. I've had the privilege of spending quite a bit of time one-on-one -on -one with John and learned a great deal through our conversations and also realized that he is quite a fulfilled and a happy person in general. I'd love to learn more from him on this specific subject and invite you into our conversation about happiness at work and in life. Hi John, thank you for making the time for this call and letting me record this conversation to share with others. And so let's dive into it right away and uh, let me start with this simple question. Um, what helps you be that way? Um, what makes you happy in your professional life? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, it's quite a number of things. I think you're you know, your personal life has to be in order and you have to feel good about your personal life before you can feel good about your professional life. I think they're, they're very intertwined together. Uh, so family and friends and just that connection is very important. Um, but on the professional side, I, I guess I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I have a passion for software and creating software and creating software that creates emotion when you use it, uh, creates a reaction from the person. Uh, it's something that as you work every day, you make something better. So you feel like you're making progress towards some goal over time. Um, and I, I, I only work with people that I enjoy working with, um, meaning I, I spend a lot of time in the people that I, that I hire or that I contract with to make sure that we we're well aligned, similar personalities. Uh, we don't have to have exactly the same belief systems, but we have to have, um, a lot of the same characteristics that uh, relate to both of us, you know, things that are important to us, how we treat people, how we interact with people, uh, those types of things. And that, I, I guess those, the combination of those things um, just helps me feel comfortable, uh, you know, with what I'm doing. Personal life is kind of the foundation for everything and, and that has to be uh, well and, and right. Um, and then uh, when it comes to professional, start with, loving what you do uh, obviously and then uh, being able to see the progress in uh, what you do and uh, and it's not only about what you do but it's also about the uh, who you do it with the people around you and all of those factors contribute significantly to to the overall happiness level and kind of the the uh, process um, enjoyment of the process uh, in, in what you do right yeah, very much, yes. Yeah, I think that you know, work in itself can be stressful at times, but it's it's uh, it's much easier when you're working with people that that are communicating well with each other and that um, are um, that, that have the same way that they communicate. So that I, you know, I'm not a person that likes to yell. I don't like people to be yelling at me. Uh, I know in the tech industry that happens quite a bit. I've been in a lot of situations where I've seen it. Uh, I've seen employees or associates be demoralized by those types of conversations, and it's something that I just made a decision early in my career that that's just not the way I want to act, and I don't want to be around people that act that way. And I think when you demonstrate that to the people that you work with, it, it lets them be more creative, more comfortable, it makes work more enjoyable for them, and it just makes everything a little better. And uh, in you know, kind of the first tech startup that I did 
you know, I started that with my wife and my mom, and we considered that to be a, a family company. And we treated the people that were hired like family. And we, we said that quite often. And people started referring to that as the Archer family uh, over time. And, you know, that was both rewarding, but also it was just very, uh, it created a very peaceful work environment. That's that's very cool. Uh, yes, I guess that uh, that creates this um, atmosphere of um, certain safety and, and peace that just uh, overall contributes to bringing the best out of people and, and helping them thrive in, in that environment, I guess, uh, based on how you describe your approach. Yeah, absolutely. How do you keep the balance and, and maintain it uh, in the midst of, of the stresses and everything? Yeah, maybe a couple things come to mind. The, the first one is, you know, when you have a really good process inside of a company on how to get things done, it helps alleviate some of that stress, but it also allows you to understand when things are going wrong, maybe a little bit more in advance. Uh, so you can have those conversations and figure out what to do. And there, there's always going to, there, there's always things that go wrong. There's always stress, but it's just how you, how you manage and document that. So I'm, I'm really big on work management products and how you use those products to, uh, to kind of drive your business forward. And that's outside of market conditions and other things that could happen. But that in itself um, just helps alleviate stress. And it also helps you um, find and address problems, whether they be with the, the products, you know, that you're building or whether they're with the people that are working on the product um, in, in both ways. Yeah. I never thought of it uh, that way, uh, that uh, the, the process that you have can, can help you carry you through kind of uh, the stressful situations and, and help you maintain the balance. Could you give a couple of more examples of like what those processes could be? Yeah, so I'll kind of start at the maybe at the top level for me that I use that I'm very big on on having a very open communication style when it comes to the strategy of the company. So I like to document and communicate the goals of the company in a way that everybody can see them each day and know the progress towards those. So, so you know, a very simple one is a sales goal for the quarter. So let's say your sales goal was you know, two million dollars. Um, that's not something that I feel that you should hide from you know anybody in the company, you need to share exactly where you're at. You need to celebrate the success along the way as you get there. But as you talk with each of the teams in the company and they understand those three to five key goals that you have for the quarter, everything that they do in their job, the first thing they need to think about is, is what I'm doing in support of that key goal or metric that we have for the company. And if it's not, maybe that's not the right thing to be working on. And that goes all the way down as you set goals for each of the departments. Uh, for the quarter, but down to each individual employee. I like to document the um, or associate, you know, the, the goals for that employee for the quarter that relate back to their department and then rate, uh, relate back to the company. And then at the end of the quarter, you, you spend 10 or 15 minutes and you let the employee do a self-assessment of how they feel they did. Um, the managers do an assessment of how their department did. And then I do an assessment of how the company did. And then we have conversations about that. We do that as a group. We meet and say, we we either met our goal or we didn't meet our goal. If we if we met or exceeded our goal, we celebrate that and, and talk about why. And at times you don't meet your goals and you have to talk about what what happened, what, what was the reason for that. And you're not trying to blame it on a person. You're trying to understand the specifics of maybe what do we need to do better 
that it helps us achieve that goal or was that goal not not achievable uh, and sometimes you learn that after the fact as well we just weren't positioned well enough to uh, maybe you wanted to hire 50 new people in the quarter in your organization um, but you didn't have the support team to be able to do that on the HR side or you didn't have the time for people to get the interviews done because of other you know conflicting priorities that they had so I'm big on um, that cadence of communicating that. And I'm also very big on uh, every Monday morning, I like to have uh, meetings with the executive team. I think we've talked about that in the past. You know, I typically yeah. like to do that early before most employees make it into the office and talk about the prior week so that you know in advance if there's something that's not going well so that they can redirect those teams or those people on that each Monday morning. And that, again, helps alleviate a lot of stress so that you don't get to the end of the month or the quarter and you didn't have the chance to redirect, you know, based on what was happening. And a lot of companies do that once a quarter, but I, I like to do it on a cadence of, of once a quarter. Mm -hmm. Yes, a lot more frequently. Yes, I, yes, I can see now how um, having certain things in place and um, it kind of creates you the, the opportunity to to have frequent retrospectives, reviews, and you know that you're gonna have these conversations and you know that you're gonna talk things through with people. And that also helps eliminate um, stresses that may be piling up, you know, the conversations that, that you should have had, um, right. but you didn't have them because you did not have a process to have them. But if you have this frequency and uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I see how it, it just helps you talk things out and get get over things, talk through things um, a lot faster um, and and right away, pretty much. Especially with a weekly cadence, uh, obviously that's yeah. And it's also it helps create ownership and a sense of ownership by the team members, so people feel that they understand what they're responsible for. Uh, in relation to the overall goal. So if it's the sales team, they know the things that they need to do. If it's the marketing team, they know what they need to do to support the sales team. If it's the product team, they understand, you know, product dates and why they're so important to meet certain goals and planning. And you have all those people around the table each Monday. And it's just a very quick stand-up in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. You spend you know, each person five to seven minutes, gives a quick update on their particular department and how things are going, any issues that, that they bring up the whole group can then talk about, but then they go back mm -hmm. to their team and they have ownership of that piece and their team members mm -hmm. feel like they have ownership uh, in that process. Mm -hmm. as well. I understand now how, what makes you happy in, in what you do in your professional life. I understand how you keep and maintain the balance. And now let's get to the next kind of phase of it is, which is a burnout. How do you avoid burnout? What, what helps you kind of um, keep it away from, uh, from you and, and, and how do you not let it approach you? Yeah. Another really good question. I, I think I do a good job at times and maybe not as good of a job at other times, but, um, you know, having a passion for something and working really hard is one thing, but doing that for an extended period of time can, can obviously have an effect on you, both your, your mental and your physical health, uh, as well. So, um, you, you just have to understand that. I think in the tech industry, uh, especially, uh, here in the States, it's just thought that if you're in a startup company, uh, you know, that people need to work, you know, lots of hours and, a lot of times those hours are 60, 65 hours a week in a 
peer developer in a startup company in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. and they they do tend to burn out. Uh, you know, a couple of years of that, even if they're paid really well, even if the company's done really well, uh, they just reach a, a point where um, they just need a break. You know, for a period of time. Yeah. So you have to think about that, plan things in. We we've, we've done a lot of things in prior companies where. We've tried to have events and take time off to celebrate things in a way that lets people kind of refresh a little bit. Um, so you're not always just focused on the number. You know, sales is always, sales is what drives every company. That's the bottom line when you get to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things that you could celebrate, you know, besides that. Um, we had uh, holiday parties that were a tradition at our company where uh, they were never just for the employees. They were always for the employees' families. So they would bring their kids and their little kids. And we tried not to do events that didn't include families because we felt that was a good way that if the if the wife could see the environment that the husband was in or the husband could see the environment the wife was in, that, you know, that helped them kind of connect with everybody at home, kind of alleviated a little bit of stress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we did a lot of, uh, we give every employee three days and sometimes five days off every year to go volunteer outside of mm-hmm. vacation and holiday schedule um, for them to, to maybe go to their children's school or to their church or you know, into the community and do things again. So just thinking about, um, you know, people just need a, a mental break from being in the office sometimes. Um, I know that, you know, outside of the U S it's more common for people to work um, less hours in a day. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, more of a, a, a 40 hour work week in a lot of cases and not a lot of overtime because they're more cognizant of the burnout and to have actually longer vacation times. Uh, in the U.S., a lot of companies frown on any any vacation over a week at a time. And I know outside of the U.S., it's more common for people to get away for a couple of weeks at a time. And hmm. having had the chance to work with people you know around the world, I, I can tell you that. Uh, the people that take a little bit more time off are generally more productive longer term. So you regularly take time off um, to kind of um, stay away from, from, from everything and, you know, just have a vacation time when, when you don't have to think about work. Um, is that kind of one of the things that, that you do to, to avoid burnout? I think it's hard, you know, it's hard to do that a lot of times, but any time you can just do things that are enjoyable and as you're doing them, you don't have work in the back of your mind as you're doing it. Like I, I like to go to Baja and do race cars and drive our race mm-hmm. cars a lot. And you know, when you're in the seat of that car for six or eight hours at a time, you don't, you can't think about anything else. And you just realize you get done. I, I feel energized. You know, when I find activities like that, or if I go on vacation with my wife or with my wife and my kids, and we just get caught up in, in sightseeing or whatever we're doing, away from the work it is great the next question that i have is kind of the question around your observations on others what do you think a lot of people might be missing uh missing out that that contributes toward toward their unfulfillment uh so obviously you mentioned you know lack of vacation time time off um and kind of managing the uh the your work-life balance as one of the things that contributes toward the burnout but you know the, i've seen cases where people kind of have the balance they they kind of 
you know, figured it out, have the 40 hours uh, per week. They don't overtime. They, they do their vacations, but still they, they are not fulfilled in their career and in, in what they do. What do you think, you know, that group of people might be missing out? Yeah, I think that's faith and family. You know, I think it, you could say faith starts with family or family starts with faith. You know, they're, they're so intertwined um, that's there. And by family, for me, that's not, you know, just my wife and the kids, but, you know, that's, that's my mom and my dad, my grandparents, my brothers, just having the chance to, uh, to interact with them and have those relationships be healthy, I think bleeds over, um, you know, having your own personal relationship uh, and faith, uh, regardless of what that might be, um, I think can alleviate a lot of stress give you more of a sense of, of who you are and what your purpose is, maybe what your mission is uh, as a person outside of work. Uh, work tends to define all of us. And a lot of us, when somebody asks you, what do you do? Your first answer is you tell them about work. Um, yeah. You know, who, who are you? Well, I work at this place. You know, yeah. um, I think we've shared in the past that I was part of a men's group and that we, um, you know, one of the things that we would do once a year is our we would write our personal mission statement and kind of yeah. our own little tagline of who we are, you know, what we're mm-hmm. all about. And it makes you kind of think about things, right? And mm-hmm. as you think about, you know, as a leader in a company, how you treat the people around you, how the, how you treat them has an impact on their lives, both from a financial and just from a personal and a uh, Satisf- you know, satisfaction standpoint, but it also has an impact you know, on their kids, multiple generations that, that's there. And I think that as you grow older, you begin to learn that and maybe your management style and how you interact with people changes because you know that, that it, it has a much bigger impact than just you and the person you're talking to. Hmm, that's awesome. A personal mission statement. So you actually do that and, 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 and you've not only done it once, but you you review it every year. Yeah, each year, and um, most of the time, you know, you put them on little cards and you put it in your wallet, and you, you know, you can pull it out, talk about it. You know, it's 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 something to remind you. It's not always something to share with other people, but it's something sure. for you. Or if if you're you know in a faith based group with a men or women, and it, that's a great place for you to talk about it as well. Obviously, you grown and wise um, and and very successful and you know you've learned a lot of the lessons and and you've figured out the balance of life uh, i would say uh but uh, i'm 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 sure and and you've shared it it hasn't always um been that way right and so what are some of the things that were getting on the way of your um happiness and fulfillment as you were younger much younger um, so you you were still doing work and you know you 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 were seeing progress. Um, what were your some some of the things that you know as you look back at a younger you you see that oh I I shouldn't have been that way where I should have thought differently you know what are some of those things? Yeah, I think that if we're kind of talking more about the tech industry, you know, a lot of people that are in the tech industry to start companies are are fairly driven people. You, know, you, you kind of have to have a passion about something and you have to be able to commit to some some long hours at times and, and be really dedicated to getting things done. And the people that aren't built that way have a harder time, right? It, it's 
it, it's harder to be successful um, in starting a company versus maybe working in a company and helping uh, grow a company that's there. So I, from an early age, I was just built that way. Um, you know, it's important to kind of know who you are as a person and what your management, you know, let your management style reflect who you are as a person and your personality, not try to be something different. And I think early in my career, I had a lot of passion and I would look to other people and I'd see how they managed in different ways and think, oh, I have to do that. And what I personally learned over time was it was just better for me to manage with my personality. You know, just, I don't need to be somebody else. I don't need to talk in a certain way. I just need to, you know, share my passion and commitment with people in a way that's comfortable with me. And that makes them feel comfortable because they know I'm not, I'm not trying to be something I'm not. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a real vocal person. I, I don't, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert, although I can, you know, I, I love to interact with people and have fun, but it, at the end of the day, I'm tired, right? And my wife, who is an extrovert, she does that all day. And at the end of the day, she's more amped up. She's more excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I have, you know, I, I wish a younger, my younger self would have said a couple of things, maybe take your time and enjoy the ride, right? Because it, it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, when you have a commitment and passion towards something long-term, you, t- you tend to have good results. Um, and I wish I would have um, found my, my final management style maybe earlier in my career. Uh, I would have had a better impact on the people around me and their families. And not that it was bad, but I, I feel much yeah. more comfortable in that position. Now. Cool. So... So, uh, I mean, it, it really comes down to just being yourself and, and, and you're so right, you know, uh, that's, that is so true and so relevant to, to most of the younger people is, you know, as, as they figure out who they are and how they are and, you know, they, how they maybe need to be like someone else that, that, that truly is the, uh, the struggle of, you know, trying to understand what you should be like and, it, it, it's so basic <laughs> right be yourself don't try to be someone else and you know life becomes a lot more enjoyable to you and to the others uh, around you yeah and i think you as you get older you have to be cognizant that a lot of younger people are watching you and how you act in certain situations and that has an impact on them and um you know if you if you can just do things in a more calm manner and treat people with more respect, even when the, when times are really, really tough, you know, that, that can leave a lasting impact with somebody, even somebody that was performing poorly that you had to have a conversation with. Maybe they responded a lot better to that conversation because of the way that you did it versus, you know, a a lot of yelling and saying things that um, maybe degraded them as a person uh, or in their work, as opposed to focusing on how to, um, you know, how to address the issue in a way that, that created a positive experience for them. Um, cool. Well, um, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's been really insightful. I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm sure that, you know, the, the things you shared, they're, they're going to uh, resonate with, with a lot of people uh, that, that will listen to this and, and help uh, quite a few. Uh, so thank you for letting us all uh, tap into your experience uh, and learn from your lessons, John. Uh, that's been uh, really enjoyable. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. It's 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you.